the whole time, the whole thing was shadowing us, right behind us, right on the side of us. You could, you could kind of see the thing moving through the woods. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature, and I knew, I knew in my heart, I knew in my mind, and the whole night, this isn't a man. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards us, and then leaps over a guardrail. Went to look forward, and there was a big black thing, is all I can mystery each week with your hosts veteran researcher author and tv personality the squatch detective steve culls and from the bigfoot research project of kentucky chris bennett sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around north america discussing the bigfoot phenomena but not without a few laughs too here are your hosts steve and chris And good evening, cyberspace. Welcome to Squatch D TV for today's date, September 6, 2020. I'm your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective Steve Coles, along with my co-host, the guy right down there, Mr. Chris Bennett. Hello, Chris. Hey. What's going on, Steve? We're coming to you live from the construction zone, which is now home. How's <laughs> uh, everything been going in the... Uh, New hey, York. just so you know, mm. pretty good. Just so you know, your audio is actually lagging, uh, or is actually oh. lagging behind the video. Just so you know. Oh no! Oh no! So uh, I, I don't know what happened there. It was like all of a sudden. <laughs> well, so anywho, maybe, uh, uh, what a, what let me a try to go out and I'll come back in. We'll see if that helps. Yeah, let's right try that back. one more time. Yeah, just refresh it. All right, folks, while Chris does that, we got an incredible show for you lined up tonight. We're going to be talking about the Dietloff Pass. 
incident, which uh, was featured back in 2014 by a show called The Russian Yeti, The Killer Lives. So we'll be talking about that in a second. Just waiting for Chris to get back on. But uh, anyway, while, while we're here, let's do the shout outs. Hello. Hey, Robert, how you doing? That's a mighty nice looking slice of pizza you got there. Mike, good to see you, my brother. Good seeing you. Great talking to you. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Pat, how you doing, brother? Good to see you. And Corey, how's it going, Corey? Good to talk. I haven't seen you in a bit, but good to hear from you. So, uh, yeah, we can. And there's trouble. And Sherry's saying hi to Chris, but he's not in the show right now. <laughs> Don't bother saying hi to me or nothing. <clears throat> so anyway, um, yeah, if, if folks have, uh, I don't know why Chris isn't back in yet. Hmm. Hmm. Well, anyway, uh, we, we'll, we'll kick on a little bit. I can fly solo for a second. So, um, tonight we, uh, we, oh, more trouble. Hey, Nikki, how are you? Good to see you. <clears throat> so tonight we're going to be uh, again talking about the Dietlov Pass and uh, spent the, the majority of the day working up a little uh, PowerPoint, which I, I love uh, to do for these shows sometimes because they, they actually go off very nicely. But um, if anybody didn't catch the show last week with Dr. Haskell Hart, we were talking about uh, Bigfoot DNA and the, the Ketchum study and the Psych study and a bunch of other things and how to collect DNA. Be sure you catch that one that was last week and uh, it was it was a doozy of a show. Um, so anyway, uh oh, uh, I still don't see Chris, so I don't know what happened to him. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, but anyway, if anybody's in catching, uh, uh Mr. Uh, How to Hunt, <laughs> uh, he cut a, a video a couple of weeks ago, of course, in, in the, the beautiful backdrop. Um, you know, are we, are we never in the field actually doing any kind of Bigfoot thing, but just always just talking and more anonymous witnesses, but he started railing on um, the BFRO and Matt Moneymaker being an MIB or something like that. So in, in tribute to that, we decided to put this one up there uh, because uh, Istal is trying to call Matt Moneymaker, uh, yeah, an MIB. So uh, I guess, Steve, you can take this photo. There's the proof that Matt is an MIB. So uh, kind of crazy. <clears throat> and hello, Sarah. Good to see you. I hope your Peter's doing well. And uh, we'll we'll be getting together soon, guys. Uh, we'll be getting you out in the woods there, you and Peter. And because uh, that's coming up real soon. But uh, I don't know what the hell happened to Chris. Oh, there he is. And uh, there he is. Hello, Chris. I am. I am back. I went ahead and rebooted. Uh, hopefully, that'll straighten everything out. Yes, uh, working. Uh, you working great, working great. So yeah, you missed the uh, you missed the M you missed the MIB shot already. Oh no! Well, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. For, fortunately, I'm being attacked by dogs here. So it's <laughs> <laughs> ankle biters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, the uh, the fun fact about about. You know, uh, Mr. Mr. How to Hunt is uh, he's doing worse, <laughs> much worse for the Bigfoot community than uh, he thinks he is. Um, but anyway, let's let's digress. Let's get into the topic tonight. And uh, let me just hit this button over here. Hopefully I can keep, keep the animals calm down. 
Oh, that's fine. So tonight we're going to be talking, of course, the Dyatlov Pass, what really happened. And, uh, uh uh-oh, and and Tack is going to be coming in late. He says he's, I'll be there. He's just running a little bit late. So, uh, hey, Tack. And hello to Tom. Good to see you. Tom. Hi, Sherry. So, uh, all right, quite the quite the thing. Okay, so here we go. Detlov Pass. What is the De- the Detlov Pass incident? What really happened? And uh, unfortunately, it's not going to let me. There we go. So uh, again, this incident was uh, where nine uh, Russian hikers died uh, in the, the northern Neural Mountains. It happened uh, between February first and second, nineteen fifty nine. Um, they were an experienced trekking group. Uh, you know, and some people have used that as fodder to make this more, I think, than what it is by saying, oh, well, how would they all do that? And, you know, uh, they would, well, we'll get into all that. That all falls into the place. But anyway, uh, during the night, something caused them to tear their way out of tents and flee the campsite, all while inadequately dressed for the heavy snowfall and sub-zero temperatures. Very true. So who were the the Dyatlov uh, uh, Pass of course, the expedition leader was Igor Detlov, who was 23 years old. And then we have uh, 21-year-old Yuri Dushenko. We have uh, Luda Dubanina, who um, really plays an intricate part in this story, uh, believe it or not. Uh, then there's Yuri Kurvinashenko, uh, Alexander Kolotov, Zaneda Kolma Ogrova, and Rustam Slobodun, Nikolai Thibodeau Brignoles. And uh, Simon uh, or Simeon Zolotarov and Yuri Yudin. Yuri Yudin was the only one who survived because a couple of days, uh, three days before the incident occurred, mm. he actually turned back. He was not uh, yeah. feeling sick. And no, Pat, you can't spoil yeah, anything in chat. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And he had suffered from rheumatism and stuff <laughs> like that. So he he turned around, of course. You know, not uncommon in a 1959 Soviet Union for somebody that young to be suffering from rheumatoid arthritis and stuff like that. Um, So anyway, the expedition, uh, on January 31st, a group arrived at the edge of the highland area and began to prepare for climbing. Uh, They actually came into an area, which is right here, Detlov Pass, which came in through there. Um, That area was actually named after Detlov, after the uh, incident. Um, mm. fo- uh, the following day, February 1st, the hikers started to move through the pass. Uh, it seemed they planned to, uh, get over the pass and make it for camp the next night. But because of, w- they actually got some worsening weather, snowstorms, and decreasing visibility, they lost their direction and deviated, you know, west upwards towards the top of, uh, the, the mountain, which is Colat, uh, Syakil. And uh, so they ended up, instead of coming through, they ended up going up. And, of course, that's where mm. they decided to, uh, they realized their mistake. They, they decided to stop and set up camp on the slope of the mountain rather than move one mile downhill to a forested area where, obviously, there would have been, you know, a lot more cover for them there. Um, right. So, uh Dyers and cameras uh, found around their campsite made it possible to track the group uh, group's route up to the day preceding the incident. So uh, before leaving, uh, Dyatlov had agreed he would send a telegram uh, 
as soon as the group returned to uh, Visay, it was expected that that would happen no longer, uh, no later than February 12th. But Dyatlov had told Yudin, uh, who's Yuri, who departed before the group, that he expected to be a little bit longer. When the 12th passed and no messages had been received, there was no immediate reaction of delays, and uh, you know which were common uh, back in the day. Yeah. So on yeah. February 20th, finally, eight days after their supposed uh, mischecking, uh, they decided to uh, the relatives decided to demand a rescue operation, and the uh, they they sent the first rescue groups consisting of volunteer students and teachers, and then eventually later the army and militia became involved with planes, helicopters, and ordered to join the rescue operation. So finally, on February 26th, they finally found the abandoned camp, which was badly damaged uh, on the Colette uh, Sayakil. Um, so they, they, they had found the tent on the side of the mountain. Uh, yeah. They had uh, found uh, the remaining four travelers. They had found, uh, I believe, uh, a few of them. And then finding the remaining travelers took more than two months. They, they were found on May 4th. And uh, under 13 feet of snow, um, an investigation mm. would follow, which, thanks to the Iron Curtain, when a fully disclosed in the 90s, led to several conspiracy theories. Uh, we'll cover the biggest one here. So some of the on-scene yeah. investigation stuff. And uh, and uh, hello, B. How are you? Good to see you. Hi, um, B. So anyway, uh, the student who found the tent said the tent was half torn down, covered with snow. It was empty, and all the groups belonging in shoes had been left behind. Investigators said the tent had been cut open from inside. Uh, there were nine sets of footprints. Okay, so there was nine people, nine sets of footprints, left by people who were wearing only socks or single show or even barefoot, led down towards the edge of a nearby wood wooded area. After 1,600 feet, these tracks were covered with snow. So the snow came in. Hello, Mr. Celtic, yeah. and hello, Cindy. Good to see you all. Mr. Celtic, <laughs> welcome, welcome, Hi. welcome. So, so mind you, that's what they found. They found this scene where the uh, at least one of the tents had been cut open from the inside, and wow. they're all making wow. a mad dash out of the tents going down the hill. Right. I so, watched. Uh, I watched this documentary where they like brought this ooh factor in there, and uh, it was real interesting. Uh, Hello, Mick. Good to see you. Hello, David. Good to see you as well. That's Dave. a great picture, David. By the way, <laughs> that's an awesome pic. Um. So uh, anyway, uh, at the forest edge, and uh, we'll, we'll eventually go back to that map. Um, yes, at the forest yes. edge under a Siberian pine, the searchers found the visible remains of a small fire. Okay, let's think about that. They made a small fire. Uh, mind you, down the hill, about 1,600 feet going downhill. Right. So and right. right at the edge of yep. the forest under the first, basically the first pine that was there, the first. Uh, and I know some people call it a, a cedar tree. It's actually a Siberian pine. Um, but they found the first two bodies there, and that was of uh, Krivonoshenko and Durashenko. Uh, they were shoeless and dressed mm. only in their underwear. But that's for a good reason. I'll explain why. And the branches on the tree were broken five meters high, suggesting one of the skiers had climbed up to look for something, perhaps the camp. 
Now, between the camp and the pine tree, and this is, mind you, this is all what they found on the 26th of February. Yeah. They have found three more corpses, uh, Dietloff, uh, Kolomogrova, and Slobodin. And they all died in poses, suggesting they were attempting to return to the tent, and they were found separately at distances. So, mind you, they were in a line basically spread out, going in the direction mm. back, back to the tent. So, uh, okay. um, now let's go to the next slide. So, uh, eventually they would find the other three, I believe that are left or four, uh, in a ravine. And, uh, so anyway, here is basically the, the pathological results, um, is uh, Dyatlov died of hypothermia. Duroshenko, uh, now Duroshenko and uh, Krivonoshenko were the ones found together in, uh, under the uh, Siberian pine, and they both yeah. died of hypothermia. Now, one mm -hmm. would say, well, you know, uh, you know, they were, weren't wearing any clothes, and it's very indicative what had happened was that they were all there at one point in time, and because they had found some of their clothes on other the other hikers. So what they did is after they passed, they took their clothing. So yeah. that's exactly what they did was they salvaged their clothing yeah. to keep warm. Um, now, this is where it becomes very, uh, very tenuous for some people. Because you have uh, Lunamelia de Benina, who died of internal bleeding and chest trauma. You have uh, Nikolai here. He died of a fatal skull injury. And you have uh, uh, Semyon uh, Zolotarov died of severe chest trauma. Yeah. So there is, if you think about it, had this been, um, okay, we, we're getting some questions and we're getting to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. So let me let me get to the ones that that yes, I believe it was uh, Dubanina who had her eyes and tongue removed, but Dubanina, uh, uh, I believe uh, Zolotarov had his eyebrows missing. Um, uh, Brignoli's had his eyes missing too. Um, no, no, no need to be sorry. Okay, but they were both found actually face down in a stream in water. So that, these yeah. are the deaths and the reason of their deaths. So well, we're going to talk about the ravine. Uh, finally, the four travelers took more than two months. They were finally found on May 4th under 13 feet of snow in a ravine uh, 246 further into the woods. As you can see, this is the map here. This is the tent. That was the tracks. Um, the, uh, the tree is right here with Doroshenko. Then in here, there was yeah. a ravine where they found... Dominina, Zolotarov, Kolotarov, and so they found the girl who was missing her tongue and her eyes, Zolotarov, who was missing his eyebrows, uh, Kolotov, who, was, uh, who died of hypothermia, and Brignoles, who was uh, uh, missing his, had a skull fracture, but he was also missing his eyes as well. The interesting thing about them is Brignoles, Zolotarov, and Dominina were all face down in water in, in a pond. So it's not uncommon for especially, you know, animals to see, you know, 
water creatures because they're still alive, even though because they're cold blooded, it's not unusual for them to be predated on or predation, postmortem predation yeah. to happen. Um, if right. people remember the West Memphis three kids, uh, Chris, you know what I'm talking about? The West Memphis three? Um, no, no, no. Okay. So in, in the 19, um, 1990s, early 1990s, there were three boys that were killed in West Memphis, Arkansas. Uh, Stephen uh, Branch, Michael Byers, and I forget the last one's name. Well, anyway, uh, they had convicted these three uh, teenagers on their deaths based on some very loose evidence and devil worshiping and stuff like mm. that. And they claimed that, you know, some of the evidence said, well, they were mutilated but the boys had been found in water and the actual mutilations they found out were by sea creatures by uh, rather water creatures, not sea creatures, oh, things like turtles, oh, oh. turtles and fish that are nipping at their bodies yeah. as they're decomposing. Um, yeah. And of course the eyes, the soft tissues like lips and tongues, uh, you know, all decompose quickly and, and uh, uh, the fast. So basically we have a similar episode here and mind you, these fo this is May 4th, so yeah. it's been spring for a little bit, you know, so it's yeah. now green and they can find them. So it's, you know, well, maybe not because they said they found 13 feet of snow, but I, it, the actual reading of it did not seem like that that had occurred because they had found them in water. Um, and I'll show you some other, yeah. other pictures here. Actually, Dubnina was actually face first in the ravine on a waterfall. So, um, yeah. And, yeah, uh, and that that would be typical with uh with with animal predation because they that's they go for the soft tissues first, and yeah. especially and well, exactly. it's kind of creepy to talk about, but especially on humans, you know. Well, uh, um, you know, let's let's uh, Curtis, uh, there may be turtles, but I, you know, given the the type of weather, but still, fish are cold blooded and they will nibble at decomposing flesh. So, yeah. and again, they have been there since February first, so they've had you know, three months in that water. So they're going to, they're going to start to decompose. Um, yeah. So uh, the other thing is, is that they were in a ravine. Um, 13 feet. It was a 13 foot drop. So that kind of made yeah. sense. If they're blind in the snow going that, oh, well, a right. few of them fell through. It would, it would explain their fractures of a chest, a skull fracture, right. anything like skull that. injury. Right. Yeah, right. Yep. There was nothing uh from the autopsy uh um yeah from from the the photos uh you know there were the, the autopsy photos there was nothing really uh traumatic on them um yeah so let's look at the controversial photo now ah. i know some of them said some of them said oh you know this was the last photo they took. They, I remember that specifically on that. Yes. That show, that wasn't the last photo they took. That was a, a complete fabrication. The last yeah. photo they took showed them digging. And we'll get that picture up. In fact, that's a clip. The very far left of the screen, uh, that is actually the last photo. And it, it, there's more to it. But if you look at this guy, the way he's dressed, looks awfully like the way this guy's dressed from a distance. Yeah. Um, yeah, he has a little paunchy belly, short coat. He's got the boot right there. And as we know, yeah. the boots were lighter in color because they were using these like uh, blousings. 
Um, you know, yeah. th- it looks lighter than this, and their coats were lighter than their pants. So yeah, it was. Uh, well, that was the thing because the uh, on the the documentary. Um, it, no, uh, that's not what I'm saying. That that photo is not fake. It's misinterpreted, and, and they right. rep- misrepresented it. Uh, they tried to. Yeah. So you know, let's look at that now. The other thing, whoop, the other thing too, is that the Yeti photo was the last one taken. It was not. The actual photo is actually right here. This was the last photo they've taken. And uh, especially uh, Ludamilia uh, Domenina, who was found in the ravine, the, the one girl that was found in the ravine, who had her tongue missing and eyes missing and all that. She was keeping a logbook of everything that had oh, happened. Okay. And no mention of a Yeti, no mention of a snowman, a Menke, right. um, right. Almas, Almasti, none of it. And uh, down here is a picture of the actual, you know, uh, their campfire. So, uh, you know, definitely not. Well, uh, what, what I had read, I had read about this incident before, but when I watched the uh, the documentary, uh, a fake documentary on it, uh, they made it out that picture such a big deal. They said, "Oh, this was found at the very end of the roll and has never yeah. been seen up until now." And I'm like, "Well, I was ready to call BS right there." I was like, "No, no, yeah. no, no." no. <laughs> No, that, that that ain't happening, dude. But uh, yeah, I I, I definitely I definitely agree. I didn't even need to see. Yeah, they probably did mess with it too, just to make it look darker. Mm. But you see, it was not the last picture taken, yeah. so we have this big big misrepresentation. Um, right. Yep. They so said it pretty, was the last last picture on that roll of film, and that's yes. Now well, we take a look at the right. So let's look at the Russian uh, Russian Yeti. The killer lives. Um, you know, here is a uh, a documentary uh, in the time of the phony documentaries, and there was a period of time, like three years, that uh, Discovery uh, Network were airing a lot of fake documentaries. You know, and uh, you know they have, uh, and even in the IMDb, uh, IMDb, when they posted this show, it even said fictional documentary. You know, so <laughs> fi- fictional documentary. Yeah. Right. And uh, if you look, whoop, if you look, you know, uh, 2012, you had the the mermaid thing from uh, Animal Planet, which is a Discovery Network channel. Uh, yeah. August 4th, 2013, you had the Megalodon. Yeah. Uh, of course, almost a year later, June 1st, 2014, mm-hmm. you had the Russian Yeti. And then uh, a little over a year later, you had the Breaking History Bigfoot captured on the History Channel. Yeah. So and I think there was also another one, too, about dragons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, they found, I, I missed that one. I can't remember whoever, who, I, I don't know if it was on History or discovery but they had a show about dragons and it was like that mermaid right. thing yeah. so you know when uh uh benjamin radford yay uh curtis no they did not complete lie <laughs> a complete misnomer they did not find large tracks close to the tent no <clears throat> well they now, if you watch the fictional document if you watch the fictional documentary that's what they said but right. that's, they made that up. Yep. 
Like, complete, complete fabrication. Uh, you know, so uh, in quotes, I have Ben stuff. Uh, he said the show is packed with dramatic found footage, recreations, dubious, during due, a pulse pounding score, and piles of speculation. And I, I also write fact: there was no found footage; there were only photos. So, what were the recreations really yeah. based upon? Really, uh, Lebecki, uh, who is the Mike Lebecki, was the host of the show. Appears to read a cryptic passage in the newspaper. Soon it's brought with them to write. On saying, from now on, we will know that snowmen exist. And you may think that Lebecki would want to consult the original document to in, independently corroborate such apparently important clue, but he does not. The passage actually reads, from now on, we know that snowmen exist. They can be met in the Noran Urals next to the Ortorton Mountain. Taken out of context as presented by Lebecki, it seems mysterious, but in actual context, it's a clear passing joke akin to a Bigfoot buff mentioning passing that he saw the creature at a gas station on the way to the forest to look for the beast. And that is uh, uh, oh, pretty bad. Makes it hard to say fake if you wasn't holding the camera. Mm, no. <laughs> Uh, no, that's, that's just passive. I want to believe everything. Sorry. Don't buy it. You know, tell that to the Todd standing puppet. <laughs> tell that to Rick Dyer's, uh, you know, uh, you know, well, uh, rack of ribs beast. No, Tony. Sorry. Disagree. I, I, I was, I was interested in this Dyatlov incident though. Oh, and I had read about this before the documentary, and I was—it's really—it's a sad tale. But yeah, I've got my own sad. ideas about what happened. And, and you know, Chris, here's sure the, the funny thing too. <laughs> here's the funny thing is too—they never said it was a Bigfoot. All of a sudden, it's the producers of the show that's trying to allude that it's a Bigfoot. Right. Nobody said that until 2014. So, you know, so it makes it hard to think if you wasn't holding the camera. Well. Nobody was holding the camera, and the people holding the camera never even said it was a Sasquatch. How do we know? We have the logbook. Oh, <laughs> Steve, why. I'm cutting you. Cut. You're cutting out on. That's your internet, buddy. Moment. That's your. That's your internet, buddy. That's not me. Because you're looking very grainy right now. Chris, can you hear me? Okay, it's probably my my end then. But yeah, you're kind of. I think you had an internet burp. their word every now and then okay yeah so so now i got a question from curtis medlock this is nine people didn't have that have what curtis i've lost you babe i don't know if i'm disconnected yeah chris you're there i yeah so, yeah, Chris is having issues. Thank you, Tony, for letting me know. Yeah, so Chris just cut out. <laughs> Apparently, his new move, his new internet is not working as good. It was working great last time. But, um, So wait for Chris to get back on. He is having internet issues, apparently. So uh, I'm trying to read what somebody said. Nine people didn't have that. Hypothermia. Uh, Chris, uh, Curtis, rather. Incorrect. Incorrect. As a matter of fact, only three of them 
did not have hypothermia. And if you're late to the to the uh, program, uh, you can see Datloff, hypothermia, cause of death. Durashenko, cause of death, hypothermia. Kryoshenko, hypothermia. Kolotov, hypothermia. Kolomogorov, hypothermia. Slobodin, hypothermia. So you only have one, two, three that died of something. Okay, Curtis, uh, fair enough. Uh, you only really have three that uh, have uh, passed. Um, of uh, Hang on a second, Chris. There we go. Okay. You there, buddy? Okay. So uh, I'm yeah, sorry, Curtis. I didn't realize you were late. I'm trying to get your... Um, yeah, so o- only three of them did not die of hypothermia. Um, right. But, uh, but the three that did were actually 13 feet down in a ravine. So, it, it, you know, think about it. It's snowing. You can't see nothing. And all of a sudden, pff, you take a 13-foot drop. So it's not right. very uncommon that to think that, um, that they would have passed uh, because of their injuries due to a fall. Well, you're and, that, and, and if that, you're injured and you're not, if you're uh, well, injured and you're not moving around, you're going to have you're going to freeze to death really fast under the type of conditions as they were in. I'm having issues here myself. Uh, they all had the hypothermia. Well, uh, yeah, probably they did, but the the you know the the ones that we're talking about how they died, not necessarily if they had uh, what necessary. Um. Uh, again, there was no, uh, Mr. Celtic, uh, other than the ones in the water, there were no signs of predation at all. Um, and there was no, there was no indicators of attack either. Um, what the one scientist described and it kind of caused this whole kerfuffle was he thought that, you know, it was like they'd been hit by a car or, you know, a tremendous pressure. Well, you know, an avalanche getting hit with a uh, snow slab could cause that. Um, a, a fall, you know, hitting your chest on a rock or hitting your skull on a rock or uh, on a tree branch that can cause that as well. So I see nothing. And believe me, you can look and look at the, the photo, the autopsy photos. There are all on, on the, uh, on the, uh, on the web. I don't want to be too graphic here because, uh, but if you look at these pictures, um, you know, they don't look like they were predation kills. This does not look like a predation kill. These do not look like predation kills. Um, this is actually uh, Wina who was down in the ravine. Um, and look at her fall. That does not, I mean, look at her back. Does that look like predation to you? Not to me. None of the clothes are ripped. Not one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, to me... Uh, this is definitely no predation here at all. Where's Corey's question? Oh, could it be something that got in the tent and made them flee? Um, well, I, I can't explain that kind of, well, there's a couple of hypotheses in one. Um, it's, it's, First of all, the t- they went further up than they were supposed to. They were 3,100 feet up above sea level. Mm. 
the temperature was minus 40 degrees. Mm -hmm. So my guess is they went to bed with the best of intentions and they woke up with hypothermia. And if you look at the symptoms of hypothermia, you have confusion and memory loss, slurred speech, uh, you know, obviously shivering, drowsiness, exhaustion, breathing, uh, uh, breathing issues, uh, you know, weak pulse issues. Um, and then you have this case of what they call paradoxical undressing. And yeah, yeah. something scaring the crap out of them. No. Um, they they got lost and they went up a hill in a bad storm. And, you know, uh, and true, uh, the last three, yeah. Well, I know, uh, Pat, that's the last four weren't killed in a bivouac collapse because they weren't found in the bivouac. They were found in the ravine. They were the furthest away from where the, the, the tents were. Um, and again, I have to show you the map. You know, here's the tents. They decided yep. to leave for whatever reason. And that could have been caused by a snow slab hitting one of the tents. Mind you, it's 40 mm. degrees. They say, hey, you know, maybe one of the tents got hit, caused the one person to cut themselves out. They're saying there's an avalanche. They all skedaddle down the hill thinking there's an avalanche. Right. Now they're so they right. get, make it to the tree where they create a fire. Right. Yeah. So at some point, right. you know, either uh either because of hypothermia or because of whatever. Some decide to go back up. Dateloff, Slobodin, Colin Grovo, they decide to go back to the, the original campsite. These four decide to go the other way. They end up falling into a ravine. And that's where, you, uh, where they have all of the... Uh, uh, that's where they have all the injuries. The ones that had the injuries were right. the farthest away from where the tents were. There, three right. of the four of them had... You know, the, the chest injuries, two of them had chest injuries. One of them had a skull injury. One of them who had a, a chest fracture also had a skull injury as well. But the, the one that killed them was the chest injury. So to me, it sounds like the four went off together and they all went off together. They all fell down together. And some were, they were messed up. Mm. So that that's what happened to those four. Yeah. And that's why they were all found in close proximity because they're going in, down they went into the ravine and took a nasty fall. So. And that's very true, B, that, and, and the reason why is because of what we call paradoxical undressing. And I knew this as yeah. a medic because I've experienced it with people with hypothermia before. They will start taking clothes off because their skin gets so cold, it starts, it starts to burn. So yeah. they, uh, they start, you know, stripping off. And you'll, you'll see people that are stranded in water doing that, too, as well. And that's not because they're sinking. Um, and, you know, Pat, they may have, uh, if you're saying the bivouac, yeah, they may have, but uh, don't forget, there, and that could have caused a couple of the crushing injuries on them. I don't know about a skull fracture, uh, maybe a couple of them, or I, I, I don't know. Um, but, but the fact is, it does not seem in any of the bodies, and that's, um, you know, uh, in any of the bodies, there did not seem to be enough like to think that a Sasquatch had done that way, be freaking ripped apart, their clothes would be torn off, they'd be bloody mess, there'd be pieces everywhere. Um, you know, this looked very, yeah. you know, this looked very succinct. And I've seen a lot of, you know, I, I was a medic for eight years, and 
I, I've been on plenty of crime scenes and I've been on plenty of assaults and I've been on plenty of, of natural deaths and or deaths like this, which are natural cause deaths, uh, not caused by a homicide or, you know, a predation. And uh, these folks look exactly like, um, especially some of the pictures you see them, like you know, Datloff was face up like this. Uh, you know, I've seen yeah. that a thousand times in houses when people die of natural causes and they're there for a while as well. Um, Steve, uh, Mike, Mike White asked, was there a tongue missing and correct me if yes. I'm wrong, but wasn't, didn't the female, her, the female have her tongue removed or something? The one who is yeah, female. Who, yeah. The one who had the, the face in the water. So anybody that was missing body parts, they were submerged in water. In fact, any ones with trauma, they were also in water. And that was in the ravine. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but they were all in, in water. Yeah. Um, you know, and some of the things is one explanation is a cold induced malfunction of the hypothalamus, which is the part of the brain that regulates body temperature. So people could feel like they're hot. Uh, another explanation is that the muscles contracting peripheral blood vessels become exhausted. Uh, basically known as vasor, you know, vasor motor tone and relax, leading to a sudden surge of blood and heat to extremities, causing the person to feel overheated. Um, I really think it's the, the prior of those, not the latter. Um, but in summation, I'll be right back. Uh-oh. Well, I'm, again, I'm on my own. <laughs> uh, so what this looks like is that you know, there's nothing Bigfoot related to have happened here. Uh, there were no tracks found other than that of the hikers. They specifically stated in the investigation when they came upon it, they found nine sets of tracks and there were nine hikers leading away from the tents. So if anybody heard a show uh, talk about uh, uh, being, uh, you, know, uh, you know, giant tracks, uh, that's complete fabrication. There was no predation noted on the postmortems other than the ones that may have been caused by, you know, uh, uh, animal predation. Oop, lost them again. Uh, the tongue, the eyes, all that stuff. And then there was no journal entries prior to the incident ever mentioning Bigfoot, Sasquatch, you know, uh, Yeti. Uh, sure. um, and you got to think that we're talking, it is, you know, minus 40 degrees. Um, uh, yeah, you know, saying collapse, not a fall, because one was found writing for prosperity and the other two were huddled together. Um, uh, you know, it could have been a, like the chest traumas. You know, because uh, that's what uh, Dumanova on. She was the writer. And uh, as a matter of fact, um, uh, as a matter of fact, now that I'm thinking about it, um, there was no entries written anywhere. The last entry was written was the day before the, the event. So if you heard that, oh, somebody was writing, uh, you know, uh, uh, writing for prosperity and uh, together. No, Dubina was writing, but the last entry she had made was prior to the event. So she wasn't huddled in there and, and think about it. They, you know, they were huddled because they were cold, but nobody's saying they died instantly either. You know, boom, boom, boom. They have their injuries. They died from internal bleeding, a couple of them. So that takes time. That doesn't necessarily happen automatically. It's not that they fell in and, and, and died automatically. They fell in and probably had, you know, 
like like somebody could take a similar fall now, have the similar injuries, um, but they could be taken to a hospital and, and completely survive those. But they were out there for days, and obviously they, they weren't found until you know three months later, three and a half months later. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. <laughs> Very true. <clears throat> um, and uh, thank you. Oh, there he, he's back. There he is. He's back again. Man, I tried to reboot my modem and see what's going on because my internet connection, something happened. I don't know. Yeah, it oh. does definitely. I was going to say it definitely seems to be internet action connection thing. Maybe you know what? You know who we have to ask? Hmm. We have to ask Matt Moneymaker. <laughs> maybe maybe your connection is being cut off. I think so by the men in black. It's Matt yeah. Moneymaker. Yeah. He actually works for the government, I'm sure of it. Just ask how not to hunt. <laughs> oh um, man. Uh, so anywho, uh, uh, getting, getting back to the, uh, the whole topic yeah. is to me, it seems like everything, even the reason why they would get out now, right. you know, let's talk about a couple of the, uh, uh, what logical explanations are left. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well, you know, it could be infrasound. It could be the. I forget the some uh, some type of wind, but all of that stuff. Uh, Loch Ness monster. Yeah, it could be a Loch Ness monster. He went on for a Siberian vacation and got a little. There, you know, there, there was water. So. Yeah, very true. Frozen water. He could just walk. Um. But no, I, I really think, um, you know, like the whole UFO thing, you know. It, People, you know, the reports glean that, well, people had seen a glow in the sky, but that wasn't reported till months after they actually found out these people were missing. So right. it was kind of like after the fact and like, you know, like, like we haven't seen the Russians pull a, a, a Bigfoot hoax off before. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> rogue mammoths uh, from the permafrost. There we go. <laughs> Um, oh, man. <clears throat> yeah, so e even the other... Now, one interesting I, thing I did find was that one of the members did have an amount of radiation on him. And I think it was, Kola, uh, it was Kolokov. Um, hmm. uh, where he is? Uh, Kola, yeah, uh, who died of hypothermia. He had some radiation on him, but he was the only one to have radiation on him. And who the hell knows? You know, this is old 1959 Soviet Union. You right. know, he 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 could have been exposed to something because they all came from the same university and, you know, it was an engineering school. So it's entirely possible that he got exposed to something in a lab or something because yeah. none of the other ones had it. So how do you explain one and not the other? The dude all, may, he may have yeah. a piece of uranium in his pocket for a good, good luck charm, you know. That's right. <laughs> but, um, uh, Oh, and hello to Robin Rose. So, <laughs> True, Robin. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to put you back up here, but I, I swear to God, if you go out again, I'm, I'm leaving. I, you know, hey, man, it's the men in black, man, I can't help. They're, they're trying to silence me. And of course, you know, and, I don't and, say that much anyway. And John, I want to say, I, I believe so. They all worked in a lab at some point because they were all part of the same university. Uh, 
The oh. photo with the lights. That's interesting because uh, let me pull that up. Um, anybody wants to talk about this photo with the light? Sorry, it's going on. And mm. you know what that looks like to me? That's mm. easy. That's an accidental exposure. Yeah. Uh, you see, and part of the lens was covered up. Mm -hmm. It's not light. That's just reflection, refractory light. And you see, that was the actual part of the lens that wasn't covered somehow. It's a blur. It's a blur. That's all. Yeah. It was just a missed shot. You know, how many pictures have I taken on my cell phone uh, accidentally? You know, when you're trying <laughs> to. Yeah, exactly. Um, to me, it, it may be a person. It, it may be just an accidental shot. But it definitely doesn't, to me, represent anything paranormal. In fact, the reason why I say um, this appears to me, at least, to be a, it wasn't even an actual shot. It was a, it was taken in a pocket or something like that, because mm -hmm. I believe this is a hair right here. And that's what the camera seems to be focused on. Mm. Look how crisp that is. And it looks like a hair because it's light, and then it gets a little dark at the tip, and then a little white. It's a very tiny tip. Could, could be a Bigfoot hair. Bet it. Don't flip and start. <laughs> so I, I think uh, Bigfoot you know, got the camera. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just refractory. It's uh, yeah, not a Bigfoot. Oh, look, it's a hair. <laughs> <laughs> now, Steve, you cannot prove that it's not a Bigfoot hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, but I, I think I've taken lots of pictures like that before when I was using the old film cameras and they usually occur towards the end of the roll usually, yeah. but sometimes it'll happen close to the beginning of the roll too. Because yeah, I, like, I, I think maybe the camera was stashed and they just went to grab it and maybe hit the button or something like exactly. that. They got half the yes. lens out or something. Exactly. You know, and, and I don't know if they own pets or not, but that hair was probably in a pocket and it's just where the flash was, I suppose. Well, I don't know. Plus, when it's minus 40, okay, you're, you've got gloves on, and it's hard yeah. to, you know, fiddle, fiddle around and, and try to get a camera working. And I'm, I'm not sure uh, what type of camera she had or anything. It probably wouldn't be important. But uh, on those old-style cameras, it's pretty easy to hit the button no matter what because that's really about all you had. You had a button and a winder, and that's it. Yeah. 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 Yep, yep, yep. Uh, just amazing. So I, I really, uh, you know, I don't know where else to go with this other than the fact. Now, you want to talk about the UFO thing, like I said, uh, mm -hmm. and all the other conspiracies, Russian experiments and what like. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I don't think it's any of that. The Iron Curtain, I hid everything. I mean, if you recall, uh, the Iron Curtain, um The Iron Curtain, uh, the, the Iron Curtain, uh, definitely, uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm trying to get a little beverage here because I'm out and I didn't bring my <laughs> bottle in. So, um, but uh, the Iron Curtain, um, you know, hit everything. I mean, look at the Chickatillo case, the serial killer. He killed like 60, you know, 60 children and they hid that until the, the Soviet Union broke and then they went public with it. Saying, yeah. hey, yeah, we have a serial killer. We've been unable to, you know, to kill. But anyway, Chris, can you want to take some of the questions over? Because uh, I am going to uh, 
step away for one quick second. I'm sorry, we don't have a guest. So go ahead, man. We got. Uh, I can't put them up on screen, but uh, Corey has got a, a good question. So, what predators tend to attack the soft parts of the human body? And uh, that would be, you know, most all all the small mammals. Uh, you know, wolves, foxes. Uh, uh, you know, anything. Well, the, well, the important thing is the ones that had the soft tissue missing were in water. So right. fish, fish will yes. pick at that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, plus the natural decay processes. Yeah. Yeah. That That's the main thing. They, uh, and, and the other thing, it's not a big surprise to me that their eyes were missing and that, birds. you know, you know, the eyes were missing because they were in water and it was three and a half months before they were found. Right. So, and I'm sure you'd had like freezing and thaw, freezing and thaw, but uh, yeah, birds. Mr. Celtic's got it right too. The the birds would knock the eyeballs out first thing, man. First thing. Uh, let's see, Robert Walker. Missile test went awry. Rocket fell nearby, and they eliminated the hikers. Heard that one? Yeah, yeah, I've heard that too. And uh, that's why they they said they found a lot of the uh, military equipment and stuff around the site. And uh, but you know, I, mm, that's just another one. Uh, new conspiracy from Mick. New conspiracy theory: of the CIA eighty six stuff off fast because they knew too much about Lee Harvey Oswald, who went to Russia five months later. Hmm. I haven't heard that one. <laughs> That's new. And and then when, when when they Lee Harvey came back, they took him to Area 51 to be de-interrogated yeah. or yeah. debriefed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and Chris, okay. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, we had talked about that a little earlier, the supposed mm -hmm. radiation. It wasn't supposed. They did find some radiation on the guy, but they all worked. They were all students at a university, and they were engineering students. So maybe one got exposed to in the lab. Uh, to me, one person out of nine uh, is not really significant. Less than ten percent. Yeah. Not only, not only that, they they could have been doing survey while they were up in the mountains. There was a reason for them being there, you know. And they he could have been looking for radioactive material. No, That's no, they, they they were they were part. They would had to apply for a permit to go there. It was yeah. like a recreational trip, so they weren't really looking for anything. They were looking for a hike, and they yeah. were on the mountain they weren't even supposed to be on. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. I, what What's your take on it, Steve? What What's your theory about what happened? And I'll you tell me yours, and I'll tell you mine. That may be the same one. Well, very simple. It's very clear that they had gotten lost, and the weather was getting bad. And right. um, you know, let's 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 uh, let me let me pull up some pictures that I have not pulled up yet. Hmm. Um. This is the last known picture taken of them. Now, that does not look very hospitable, does it? No. Okay. So, as the time went by, uh, the weather started getting really, really bad. This is the last picture of them. Um, so, they were, were dealing with extreme weathers. Um. I don't know what the difference between the. Uh, I don't know what's the difference between where they were, which was about thirty six hundred feet up above sea level. Yeah. Um, 
and down at the bottom near the trees. There may have been a difference of maybe 30 degrees. So it might have been minus 10 or minus 15 at the bottom. But that is a huge difference between minus 15 degrees and minus 40. So they go with a bed with the expectation that it's probably going to be, we're lost. We don't know where we are. So we'll try to let this storm pass. We'll figure it out tomorrow because we have no idea where we are. And what they didn't do is they did not expect, and thank you, Robert, you're right. They did not expect it to get that cold. Right. So then they have something like a, a, a snow slab. Not necessarily a huge avalanche, but a, a piece of snow broke loose, maybe hit one of the tents, which was cut. Yeah. So they cut themselves, you know, they cut themselves out and they, they think there's an avalanche. Of course, they can't see. It's windy. It's snowing. It's minus 40. And they all panic and go in. And maybe they already were suffering for hyperthermia because they weren't geared up for minus 40 degrees. Right. <coughs> Very true. <laughs> well, I'm right there with you, part of it. Uh, so what I, happens? I think uh, they, they camped up on the side of the mountain uh, rather than in the ravine, and because these are smart folks. Okay, now I've got a little a little background in geology and geography, and there's a phenomenon called a catabatic wind. Mm -hmm. And so what you want to do if it's really cold you don't want to camp down in the bottom. You want to camp down up <coughs> above the bottom because the cold air moves down slope. And so the actual coldest air would be down there in the ravine. So what they were doing, okay, dogs, <laughs> what they were doing was, was trying to, to, to camp where it was warmer. Uh, now, in my theory, it goes in the middle of the night while they were sleeping, there was a small avalanche which was enough to upset upset the tents and maybe cover them up and that's where i think they cut cut the the slits in the tent so we agree on that one that's what i think yeah and then uh, you know after this they probably went down the hill a little bit all of them uh you know headed they they were disoriented uh they're cold uh one of them starts to build a fire or two of them start to build a fire and the other one said, we're going to go back up to the tents. But they went the wrong way, and then they end up off in the ravine. Right. You know, the 13-foot drop. And which, you know, if it, we're talking minus 40, if you're in your, your skivvies, uh, you don't have to stop moving for very long at all without some, some sort yeah, of Yeah, you're, you're not going to last gone. long. You know, that's it. You're gone. Well, yeah. it appears that they weren't in their skivvies, but they were barefoot. A lot of them ran out of their tents yeah. without shoes. Now, whether or not that's, that's caused an, yeah. by hypothermia or, or I believe, yeah, there was a snow, sl a snow slab or like a mini avalanche that hit one of the tents. Right. It's snowing out. Right. They're very disoriented, but I still don't believe in the, in the, the, uh, the, the wind theory. And the reason why is, is that there's been people there after this had happened and they've yeah. never recorded those types of winds there. Never. Right. Um, some of the things, and that's the reason why they they were testing all these kinds of things. Like infrasound was another thing that they all got hallucinated, you know, hallucinated by infrasound because the wind right. caused the. And, and they've set infrasound detectors up there too, in trying to test these theories, and that came out negative too. Right. You know, so it, it, you know the calabotic winds. I don't think, and they were very obviously lost, and they even said they were. They didn't know where they were. 
So they're they're right. pitching, you know, on the side of that mountain, which by pure chance, pure chance. Right. Um. So. Well, see that the reason why I think they were on the side <laughs> of the mountain is to get away from get away from that extra cold air. You know the you know. But then again, of, but then again, you know, even though the not the ravine, the ravine was further out than the forest. Right. And the, and the wood line would that the trees there would have presented some barrier against the wind and barrier against the snow. It would have, it would have. Yeah. So that probably, that's the reason why I think they were trying now, you know, obviously something caused them to cut themselves out of a tent. Um, does it sound like somebody went whack on it? Nah, you know, but there was no sign. There was no blood. There was, there was nothing, no signs of predation. Um, you know, and I can't emphasize that enough. There was no size, uh, no signs of predation by the original ones they found. Right. You know, uh, they, and and that's where it gets confusing because the the they found the first five first, uh, the two the two in the pine, and the three up. Uh, you know, trying to make it back to the campsite. Right. None of them had predation on it. You can even look at the pictures. None of them show predation. Right. Well, see now, now Corey. <laughs> Corey, I think, yeah, I I think that's Alari, yeah. Yeah, Corey, yep. Was there signs of an avalanche when the site was found? Well, the, 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 the campsite was destroyed, but what got me to thinking about the avalanche is some of the bodies were found under, what was it, 13 feet of snow, Steve? But those were the ones found in May. Yeah, so it could have, uh, uh, that's oh. true, it could have snowed oh, that much yeah. on them. <coughs> I don't know. That kind of looks like it could have been hit by a snow slab to me. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, to me, that there is. Um, and that would also know. been that that could have possibly caused the uh, the tr- the trauma to the chest, the the head trauma. <coughs> but now, those, you know, but, we got a but, couple but, different yeah. things. But the yeah. problem is, is that the only ones that had the trauma, they weren't found until May. Right, the they were the five first. all died of hypothermia. Yeah, so the ones that had trauma were the furthest away, were the only ones in the room. Right. So that does make a good point that if they tried to build the bivouac at a clay or a, like an igloo out of snow and it came down on them, that could have caused right. it. That could have caused some yeah. of their injuries, especially if they were trying to put you know logs into it or any kind of wood type of thing into it, and then it comes down with the pressure and weight of the snow on a head right. or on a chest, it could very well cause that. Well, see, that would, you know, the injuries, uh, you know, my first thought was the injuries would probably have been caused uh, He-Man, by the avalanche. He-Man 512 said there was a fire in the tent that caused him to flee in such a hurry. No, there was not. No. There was no signs of fire whatsoever. The only fire they found was down in the wood line. By, yeah, by the big tree. Yeah. By. And what was his name? The guy that was found in his underwear by the fire. Yeah. Where's the, I'm trying so to get the he, map up. There it is. Evidently, so that's why I was thinking, you know, they got knocked out of their tents and the dudes was didn't have the, the dudes and the dudettes didn't have any shoes on. Uh they were mostly in their skivvies, or they one a couple of guys were. So the first thing he tries to do is build a fire, which that makes perfect sense. That's what that's what anybody would do. Okay, because he knew if he didn't get a fire going, they were dead. Yeah, so there. There we have the actual map and the deaths. Yeah. And you can tell the ones that had died, uh, the ravine, 
And you can see right. chest fractures, chest fractures, right. hypothermia, and skull. All of these folks, other folks. They were um, the furthest away from the tent. Yeah. Right, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so that kind of blew my, my theory out that it might have happened during the, the, the slide. Mm -hmm. But, uh, huh. Oh, well, you know, Tom has a, yeah, well, I've been on some expeditions with people, myself <laughs> included. Oh, man. <laughs> Get out of the tent. We knew we shouldn't have had beans for dinner. Um, <laughs> Terrible. Uh, I mean, it's not the same general area where they scatter with cause. Well, again, what cause, we, we're not sure what the actual cause is, but looking at that campsite. I would yeah, think it, that it was probably a snow slab. Something yeah. that, that really, you know, got them scared out of there. Because all the, the bodies were found, you know. Now, uh, Pat says if areas. it was a snow slide, they would have stayed there and not moved off. Incorrect. No. No, no. not true. You got to get out of there. And, and what they yeah. did was they started heading off in the best direction they thought, downhill. Because, right. you know, here is, they got hit, you know, one of the tents get hits with a snow slab. Oh, my God, we're going to have an avalanche. There's going to be more coming right. down. You know, right. we're going to get buried if we stay here. We got to get out of here. We're going to move. So they got it. They started moving in a panic. Get to the trees. <clears throat> yep. Get to the that's trees. It. Exactly. Get to the trees. And that's what they did. Because yeah. out of the four that were found in the ravine, I think two or three of them were wearing the two Duroshenko and Krivoshenko's Krivonoshenko's clothing. So yeah. they were all at one point at the fire by the tree. So I don't know if they ran out of wood, <clears throat> but something caused three of them to go back. Dateloff, Slobodin, and Komogorova. They all decided to go back up the hill towards the tent. The other yeah. four decided to go the other way. We know at that point, at least when the other four had left, that Duroshenko and Krivonoshenko are dead of hypothermia. Yeah. So. Because the others were wearing their clothes, right? The ones that uh, fell. Which ones was it? Damn it, I'm confused now. Sorry. <laughs> and Tom, don't you move east to west to avoid an avalanche? No, you move, you move to avoid whichever way that. <laughs> you, you don't want to go up there. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter which way. <coughs> you know, Get the it's not like out. moss, which grows on one side of the tree. <laughs> um, <coughs> Mr. Yeah. Mr. Celtic, right? It's a great point. It was a terrible tragedy with any number of natural explanations. No need for bizarre, fantastic theories. I agreed. Agreed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Run for your life. Run for the hills. Run. <laughs> <coughs> Well, see, that was one of the things that got me too, because they went they went to the trees, okay. And then, if you're uh, fearful of an avalanche, that's where you would go. The uh, the trees will provide some cover against the snow no. uh, or an avalanche. <laughs> Sorry, we're just answering question. Uh, I didn't find <laughs> photos of glyphs on trees. There was no trees where they were. <laughs> um. Not not necessarily true. Don't forget, this is a storm. So, you know, a good yeah. brisk wind can push a, uh, a little bit of a snow and, and pile it up, and away it goes. And, you you know, 
you don't necessarily have to have a steep hill because, okay, so let's look at the, the topography. So if the tent's here, you know, okay, it may not be that steep, but if the snow slide starts up here, it's going to make some force. It, yeah. You know, I've seen, I've seen an avalanche move on flat land. Look at some videos. It depends on the force behind it. So, you know, yeah. it's all about kinetic forces. Oh. And it, if you have snow and wind and, and coming down on it, and then you're adding snow on top of this, this uh, snow load, doesn't matter if it's going to push just like a tidal wave. It yeah. the tidal wave just doesn't hit the shoreline and go back. It hits and it keeps on traveling and going. Same thing with snow. It just keeps moving until the kinetic energy has expended. So, you know, and I've been in areas where there's been snow load and like, no, we're not going to camp over here. We got to go around this way because you right. want to avoid where, but again, they couldn't see that. And if you look even in the area where they are, they're at the base of some pretty steep climbing area. Um, yeah. You know, mind you, you know, you're talking about another couple of thousand feet above them. Of course, they yeah. couldn't see their visibility was, was, uh, you know, wiped out. Right. Well, the, 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 the ground there. Okay. Or, man, or, excuse me. The peak let, let me make this very clear. Let me make this no very flat. clear for my YouTube listeners. There was no fire in the tent. <laughs> no. Yeah, I've been through the no, reports no. of the investigators. Yeah, yeah. No, no there's signs pictures of fire. Of, there's the pictures of all the tents. Now there is a <laughs> they, they did they did cut some slits in there, but you know, that wasn't to let out smoke or anything. We're not really sure why they, they cut the slits. Sean, Sean Gade makes a great point. Look at the snowstorm the Donner Party ran into exactly. Yeah. 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 It's pretty, it's pretty bad, you know? And I think that that's probably part of the tragedy is it was so cold. They did not have time uh, to recover from a, a wrong decision. Cor if correct. They made Pat, one Pat, correct. And avalanche would have probably buried all of them, but what yeah. happened was, and I don't think you're quite getting it. They got hit by what they call a snow slab, which is a, like a mini avalanche, like a little piece of it came down hit their tents because look at, look how they're, they're butted up against something rather steep. So they get yeah. hit with something, even if it was just a little bit, then they get worried and they boogie out of there because mind you, they right. can't see nothing. They are lost. Right. And again, let's go back to Corey's question, being familiar with the area with the, they were lost. They couldn't see yeah, they, they had no visibility. They didn't know where they were. And I don't know how familiar they were with the area. I believe this is the first time they actually went into this area. They were experienced hikers, but they they had to actually apply for a permit, you know, a, a few months in advance to get permission to go yeah. here because that's the Soviet Union for you. Wasn't it? It's not like you get free travel. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't believe that. Uh, and, and especially since they were close to. Uh, the two different republics, uh, you know, because there was potential of them going into uh, the other republic. You know, this is the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. So, um, you know, you can't travel between New York and Massachusetts without your papers. And uh, uh, so I think that that was part of it is they, they had no clue. You know, they had the maps they were going, but then they got pulled off course by the storm and unable to see. And well, um, that's the thing, you know. When, when you got a map, which which was the mode of transport travel, you know, back then they used a map for to navigate. So, just to show uh, you what they were up against. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just to when show it you gets what like they were that, up man, against. You, yeah. 
You can't make out any landmarks at all. That, that was what they were in when this happened. <laughs> this was like one of the, the, the last few pictures left on that roll. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty bad. So they have, yeah. So uh, hmm. yeah, you know, who, who knows? Uh, all I, I know, know is it, it's, it's something went terribly wrong, yeah. terribly wrong. And, you know, that that is really the, the, the big issue here is that, you know, you look at, you know, pictures like that. Um, trying to... See, yeah, we're, what we're talking about here, though, is a situation where you don't have days to react. You've only got, you know, mm -hmm. maybe minutes, 15, 20 minutes, and then you're done for. And mm -hmm. I think they probably got it got into a situation and they made a wrong decision. And uh, getting hit with a snow slab. <laughs> that's what would yeah. cause me getting hit with a that, snow slab. That, or that's what I thought, right. Or yeah. or again, if we go back to the hypothermia chart, you could be in a state of confusion. You know, you're you're you know, you're you wake up, you're groggy, you're freezing cold, and now you're waking up and you're and you're kind of somebody's yelling, Hey, something just hit my tent. You don't know. You're, you just take your knife and get out of your tent. You think you got to get out of your tent for whatever reason. Um, well, see, on the, the the mockumentary, they 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 said the slits. They trying to kind of pointed everybody to think that they were trying to peep at something outside, you know, mm -hmm. inside the tent and watch. Well, well, here's the here's the interesting thing. That's a little bit disingenuous as well, and the reason yeah. why. And uh, allow me one second here to look at this chart yeah if i was because, gonna be here comes the chart because this is the actual ah okay right it wasn't just a slit right see all that <laughs> that was all cut <laughs> okay it looked like to me somebody trapped inside there and trying to cut their way out yep that's what that looks like and maybe there was a snow pile in front of the tent. I mean, if you think about right. it, here you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And look at the other tent. So the they were blocked in. <coughs> and um uh, Uh, do you think Bigfoots are in Russia? I absolutely do. Uh, and that's true. All it takes is a few group, a few in a group to panic. And then you have something called mass hysteria. Everybody starts to panic. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see what other images well, that. You know, normally, you know, I, I'm pretty, pretty cool under pressure, but if something like that happened to me in the middle of the night, I would probably panic too, you know? If you put yourself in their situation, you know, bang, you're hit with something yep. or whatever happens. You got to get out of the got to vacate the tent. If you do that, you're exposed to minus 40 degrees or worse. Yeah. Uh, you've only got, you know, minutes at that point to make a fire or start dying. And, you know, we got to look at it.
but this way too. These people were tough. Okay, they yeah. weren't the little the snowflake. You know, I'm going go to the gym today. You know, uh, got to get my coffee. I'm mad because you didn't put extra cream in it. Uh, these were tough people, and uh, they probably grew up, you know, without heat. You know. <laughs> And this is some of the rescue effort going on here when they discovered that. So as you can see, yes, they were butted up against. And again, this is. So it's really hard to say. Um, Actually, I think the the mountain is behind them where they were. There's the ravine is down in there, I believe. If my. My. Yeah. I don't know what picture this is, Steve. Or well, that's all the that's all the tents, and that's the rescuers. So they're digging around looking okay. for bodies, is what they're doing. Uh, I okay. have a ton of of. They don't uh, show the the a photo of the slope behind them, but you could see from the uh, uh, map. Now, now this this is part of the investigation file. Okay. So somebody decided to interpret, right? You know what's going on. This is actually the map of. That's pretty pretty fascinating. And, and you know, you look at the vicinity where the tent is next to the mountain. Yeah. Very close. Very close. Yeah. Yeah. Well, every and time you, there's a line there, that's an increase in elevation up behind them. So. Up to 1,079. I don't know if that's meters or feet. I'm sure it's meters. <clears throat> so here's a question. Uh, so, Steve, the report of the government knowing like 10 days before they said they do. I heard that. I said they knew what. Um, as I explained in the beginning, that the, the family started to complain on the yeah. 20th about their being uh, missing their check-in by eight days, which was not. Uh, you know, by missing by a few days is nothing really big deal. But I think after the fifth day, they were like starting to panic. So by the eighth day, they were demanding the university do something. So they sent some students out. And after a couple of days, they sent the government out and the government found them on the 26th. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Russian military was dispatched. Yeah. You know, they did find uh, they did find some artifacts from where they were there you know people drop stuff left stuff behind a glove and, um, and, and Pat, that that may be so but you have to understand that this event had happened three weeks earlier with a lot of wind that snow could yeah. have been displaced so yeah yeah i i agree uh, they signed yeah. their death warrant. <clears throat> of course, I don't think they knew it to begin with. I, I, I don't really think they, they necessarily saw it at the time. So, uh, it just really interesting case, but, uh, is it anything, uh, monstrous UFOs? No, I don't think so. I think we can pretty much rule that one out. Uh, what, wh- you yeah. know, what caused them to, to, to cut out of their tent, we will probably never know. Maybe it was just hypothermia and a panic that induced panic amongst everybody else. 
Who knows? Mm. But what we do know is yeah. what the physical evidence shows up after the fact. We don't know what caused them to flee their tent. But what we do know is that there was nine sets of tracks and there was nine campers. There was nothing else because they also thought that perhaps a neighboring tribal village may have killed them. But that was disproven because of the lack of the track evidence. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's possible, too, that they, they uh, camped up there. Uh, yeah. Uh, why, why do they pick this particular spot? No idea. Uh, maybe it was a popular area. You know, a lot of the articles didn't really uh, go in to say why they picked an area, other than that they they were they were hikers. They were a hiking club, and that's what they did. They went here, they went there, they went here, and today they wanted to go to the you know call it you know say a kill, which is uh, Death Mountain or something. Uh, they call it. You know, yeah, boy, it sure did prove dead. that. Yeah, Mountain of the Dead, yeah. and it sure did prove that. Um. So, but what we do know is this, is that they fled and they stopped at the tree line and three went to go back to the tent after, after the two died of hypothermia in the tree line, three decided to go back to the tent, perhaps figuring that maybe they could salvage something out of them to keep them warm. Maybe they were right. looking for, maybe they were looking for more items to put on the fire. Don't know. But those right. three passed of hypothermia on the way back up the hill. Yep. The other three, the other four left and fell into a 13 foot ravine. We do know that. Right. They went and the other way. And then they tried to build a, you know, they, they tried to build a, uh, um, uh, a bivouac area, which may have, which may or may not have collapsed on them. But, but the whole idea is, is that they died there and they were the ones with the traumatic injuries, three out of the four. So that would so, tell me something happened to their shelter. Number one, Something happened to their tent. They had to leave their tent for some reason. We don't know why exactly, but they had to leave their tent. They went to build another shelter or went to try to find other shelter and failed. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. But nothing followed them because there was nine sets of tracks. No, no extra tracks. No, no, tracks. no big, no Bigfoot tracks. So whatever, whatever scared them. Definitely was not on the ground, except, you know, was not a predator. Right. <clears throat> now, some can go into the UFO no theory, bear. but there's nothing, but there's nothing to um, back that up at all. You know, we're left with, so for some reason, they lost their tent. For some reason, they had to leave their tent. And the only thing I could think of that would make sense is, you know, they had like a small okay. slide. So, so E-Man, e you got to understand the investigation report found the tents undamaged with the exception of being cut. If there was a fire in the tent, there would be a there yeah. would be evidence of a tent being burned up. There was not. In fact, one of the diagrams I have somewhere here even shows the position of the equipment in the tent that was cut. Yeah. There was a flashlight nearby yeah. in the corner of the tent. There was, so the tent was not burned. I don't know where you're getting that from, but there, that is not, there was no fire in any tent. And that oh. was in, that was noted in any part of the investigation. So what makes the most sense 
because that doesn't make sense. There was no evidence of the fire. And why would they destroy their tent? Uh, you know, why would they cut holes in their tent? Okay, so there was, uh, just to be clear, uh, just to be clear, <clears throat> um, I don't know about burnt clothes, um, but don't forget, they had a fire going by the by the tree line. Yeah. There was yeah. a campfire there. So if anything got yeah. burned, that's probably where it happened. There was no evidence yeah. of fire at the tent site. But there was evidence of fire up here. <clears throat> yeah. So I Yeti was, was brought in. So, so it seems common sense what happened. <clears throat> I know you're late to the show, but um, what happened was, was uh, I'm trying to find the graphic for it. But anyway, what happened was, was in 2014 there was this ridiculous show called. The Russian Yeti, uh, the killer exists, and tried to interdict the Yeti into this story. So that's exactly yes. what. Yeah, they made it seem and, like and, uh, and, the Yeti. And, and the, the Lamento video, I don't care about it. I'm reading the actual Russian documentation. I'm reading the reports from the Soviets. Um, to me, somebody saying, oh, well, look at this picture. That looks like there was a fire there in the tent area is the same as somebody saying there seems to be a little red spot here on this film and it's a Bigfoot massacre. Yeah. <laughs> follow what I'm saying? Don't read any more into it than it is. <laughs> right. Right. If the investigator said there was no fire in the tent, trust them. There's no fire in the tent. Why would they hide that fact? Why? That would explain it even better. Oh, yeah, there's right. a fire in the tent. Well, you know, if the tents were destroyed, I would have probably went back and, and got them to burn. That might have been what the guys that and died thank, going up the hill. And thank uh, you, Pat. The camp them, stove you know? was still found packed. Thank you. Thank you, Pat. Uh, they never found footprints around alleged cattle Just mm -hmm. saying, yeah, a different, different, uh, different phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. And, and the fact is, is that... Um, you know, it was even when they had found their bodies, there was no evidence of predation at all. In fact, those bodies were pretty much found intact. Uh, like I said, the only people that had any body parts missing were all found in the ravine area. Now, whether or not there was yeah. a predation down there, they never said. But then again, that was three months later. So I'm sure there was. You know, the big difference between a few weeks yeah. and that being in the cold and the weather and the time of year. You know, mind you, for, you know, the, the whole month of February. Yeah. The other oh, guys the were under snow. Yeah. Yeah, that too. They were buried in snow. So my guy, and it's true. They could have, uh, who knows, maybe the snow wall came down in the ravine and the ravine filled up. Don't know. But whatever the case is, is that the aliens with trauma were over ah, here. What? That's oh, it. He's, those guys, he's, those guys went back up to get to the, get to the tent and then they were covered with snow. That's where they died. That's it. No, these and the other found. people said, "Oh my God, the avalanche!" Didn't happen. You know? <clears throat> yeah. Well, um, uh, the uh, yeah, but you know, see, here's the thing: we have two dead at the fire of hypothermia, and my guess is that some of their clothing got thrown into the fire to keep the fire going. 
That's entirely possible too. Or maybe they were trying yeah. to create torches. Who knows? Um, but we can all agree that this was not a Bigfoot. And Amen, that's, Pat. Man. <laughs> that's the main point. <laughs> Whatever happened to him wasn't Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, very, 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 very sad, sad. Um, it is. It's, it's very bad. It's a bad, it's bad. And we have to remember, too, out of respect, you know, we're talking about, you know, nine people who passed. And that's actually a that's actually a monument in uh, Dyatlov Pass now, commemorating that. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mick says, "No, well, no uh, respecting Yeti would be out in that weather. They'd be keeping warm, enjoying some Jack Links and a Kokiyani beer, correct? And hopefully not eating your your wife's meatloaf." Uh, <laughs> um, well, you know, Josh Gates did a show on the Dyatlov Pass. Did you ever catch that, Steve? It was pretty good. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Josh Gates expedition. Oh, no, no, I did not see that. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, let me ask you a it question on that. Did they have mm -hmm. a similar, did they say it was the Yeti? Well, you know, I don't think they came right out and said it, but uh, they were like setting, uh, they had, meat and stuff for bait they set out into the woods and uh i think they had some hunters hired to, <laughs> to protect them so yeah. they were kind of like pushing it towards that they thought maybe these people were killed yeah. by something else so you know but it but, was you know, a good I, show you know I, and I you know what that. i want to thank everybody in the chat uh you know uh asking questions challenging oh, stuff like guys. that that's what makes it a great show and man, we we're we're down to the last half hour already, less than thirty minutes to go. It just flew right by. Um, so we got twenty minutes. The men minutes and oh. women, the men and women that listen to our show are some of the sharpest people in the world. Yeah. I mean, you guys have got it all going on. Great yep. questions. You're 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 popping them out. You're thinking about stuff. Well, what about this? What about that? You know, I like that. And, and uh, you know, that, I, I may I may disagree thinking. with thinking. I may disagree with E-Man, but at least he, you know, he's what, he, you know, everybody's engaged doing something, looking at it and researching and doing their own research. And you yeah. know what? We may disagree. We may disagree, E-Man, but props, you know, props to, you know, uh, but we can all kind of agree that this was not a Bigfoot. And that, that's probably the best thing to go. We can, we can kick around the minutia of what the exact, uh, uh, you know, the exact uh, cause of that. We'll probably never know. <laughs> and any Yeti day. And you know, everybody. <laughs> oh, Mick. The meatloaf again, Mick. I, I, actually, I actually goaded that one on. That's but, good. um. That's good. But, uh, but you, you know, know, everybody's got their own opinion. You know, there might be some people out there that still believe, hey, man, this was the Yeti. You know, the Yeti attack did this. And that's man. fine. That's great. You know, it's. What I want to see, I want to see the evidence that points to that. Other than that one picture that the guy looks like the guy wearing his uh, cold cold weather gear. <laughs> Don't patronize us. And, and just so you know, uh, this cat, Robin Rose, I've known him for 20 years in the field of Bigfoot. 
he was like one of my first mm -hmm. uh one of my first gaggle there they, they came in around 2000 uh yeah. you know when i started squatchtech.com it was probably around 2006 so yeah it's been but i yeah. think i've known robin even before that so it's been a long time <clears throat> from the uh great north up there so uh good to have another canadian on board and uh but yeah it, it's just a uh, you know i have some other maps of this too um the ascent map um wow that shows really that way up there <laughs> well yeah that's about where it was and if you look at it when you look at it from the top oh yeah that's exactly where you know so is an avalanche possible when you look at it from this kind of view? Oh yeah. Mm hmm. I I would say yeah. I don't think they oh, got yeah. hit with an avalanche oh, yeah. because they would have. But I think they got. They may have gotten hit with something and scared them. Oh, that's right. Carol Baskin. <laughs> so, uh, hang on a second. That just reminded me of something I found. You know, I think I saw a movie about this too, but they had them like you know some sort of what was it, a doorway or something. It was a science science fiction movie. It was pretty cool. The Utlaw Pass or something. Hang on, this one's coming. Did that? Yeah. Sci-Fi sci Channel, I think maybe. What? That was uh the, the Yeti one. No, the, the Sci-Fi Channel, I think, did a movie on uh, the Atlas Pass, and they had it set up to where, like, there was this doorway in the side of the mountain there. There was. It was they called went the, in, and there was some sort of... It was called the Devil's Pass. It was called ah, the Devil's Pass. I think that's it. Yeah. A uh, Sci-Fi movie, you know. It was, it was better than Sharknado. <laughs> Not much. So, uh... Hang on a second. So we always like to have a, a we try to always put out there a, a meme of the week. So, uh, and uh, I, I hope you guys stuck around for this one because the meme of the week, no, not the Matt Moneymaker men in black one, but the meme of the week is, you know, Carol Basket is going to be on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, Did you know that, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, if know. 2020, if 2020 couldn't have gotten any worse, Carol Baskin's gonna be on mm. Dancing with the Stars, and uh, mm. just uh, oh, I what the mm, hang on a second, little little uh, little uh, uh, having a little um, issue here. Hang on a second. So, oh my God. <laughs> I swear to God, this computer gets me angry sometimes. So anyway, there it is. <laughs> so there's your Carol Baskin meme of the week. Last known photo of Carol Baskin's husband. So. Oh, that's pretty bad. That is really bad. That's bad. Uh, but it anyway. Been long yeah. enough? Stuff like that? I don't know. I just, 
too soon? <laughs> I've been missing for like eight years. Oh no, dude. Oh, it's pretty bad. No, it's just a, it's just a tiger poop and. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then uh, then uh, oh my god. <clears throat> you know, a few weeks hmm. ago, um, Alan, that's a from. <laughs> Look at that picture. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that was the Tiger King deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, a few weeks ago, um. Uh, circulating amongst the thing, and I, I wasn't really going to give it much attention, but you know, I feel bad for uh, Tom Powell, the, the researcher out there in uh, uh, Washington um, or Oregon. I forget where he is. I think he's Washington. Um, you know, uh, there's a, um, a a YouTube channel called Nelk, the Nelk Boys, and they're a bunch of pranksters, and a lot of them are over the top and juvenile. And uh, they pose themselves as the Discovery Channel to go out to talk with Tom Powell. And they put oh, in no. the woods a phony Bigfoot. Oh, no. And they thought they punked him. But in reality, I caught... Uh, I caught uh, Tom actually punking them pretty good. <laughs> Uh, including a reference to the Jan Clement. Uh, remember the cow in Jan Clement? There was a little reference mm -hmm. to that. Yeah. I caught it, yeah. so I, I pretty much figured out he knew that, that they were pulling his leg. You know, after a period of time, and uh, you know anybody, yeah. anybody that, that that says, "Hey, I want to come out to your house. I'm part of such and such show. You know, I want to do this." Before you say yes. But if you say yes, get their name, get their production company, get on the computer and research it to make sure they are real and what kind of work they have done. Uh, because if you don't, you know, that's the kind of BS that happens. You know, and... Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't blame Tommy. You know, he's been around long enough and... You know, nice guy. Uh, yeah, he believes in the woo side of things. That's okay. Um, you know, I think he legitimately believes in that. And yeah, that's all I care about. It's one of the, you know. Um, I know he's written at least one book. Uh, the Locals. And I can't think of the name of it. The Locals, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mick, I really think that a few of them would probably kill themselves on the plane ride over there. It would be a murder on the plane. And have a good night, Tom. Night, Tom. I think, uh, but that was that was pretty good. Um, oh, yeah. Bad. So, but yeah. So oh, so uh, so uh, yeah, Tom. I'll, I will uh, provide the tent. Yeah, I'll provide the ticket. 
uh, for at least one of them. I'll provide I'll provide the tents, and uh, we'll we'll cut them up just like the the real ones were. Yeah. And that was that was the uh, setup scene when they're. That was what they did to the poor poor Tom who's over there on the far right. And Tom Tom's looking yeah. mad. He's looking mad. He's like, I'm gonna, you know. And you have all these guys acting like idiots. And obviously, you know, this is not a Discovery crew. And uh, so those are the milk boys in case they show their faces anywhere else. Dude grabbing his arm. You know, I don't, honey. I I don't think we that close. You don't need to be doing that to me. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, Mick's going to send the meatloaf. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen a meatloaf for a week. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) We might get a co-sponsorship from Snapple. We sure will. But folks, rather than just rambling on for the next, uh, you know, 15 minutes or so, we might as well kick it off for tonight. But I want to thank everybody for their questions. And in case anybody did not check it out, got a new video up on the uh, on the YouTube channel. Gonna pull that up one quick second. So if anybody has not caught it, um, let me just get over here and uh, so we've actually done uh, um, a, a a a blog on skeptics and bias. And we're showing uh, one particular skeptic, not Ben Radford, who we, we, we love here. He's a friend of our show. Um, but we have a, a, a skeptic's article, and we show where he went wrong in it. In fact, there's some points he should have made yeah. that would have bettered his cause rather than just making some assumption guesses. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mick wants yeah, that. Yeah, I, more, I, more. I want so, to remind uh, everybody that's watching on YouTube. If you if you're watching on YouTube, hey, please hit the like, subscribe, uh, comment. You know, if you like share. the show, say, hey, man, I like the show. If you yeah, don't like share, the show, share, you know, share, share. It yeah, share it. If you don't share like the show, say, I don't like the show. I, I know it was a Yeti that did this because blah blah blah, and you know, I'm, yeah. I, I'd like to see it. <laughs> yep. But and we you appreciate know your support. We sure do. And you know, the funny thing is, is that I'm finally learning to grasp uh, the concept of YouTube comments. And I've actually, uh, I had somebody starting to get a little angry at me over the uh, Todd standing video. And I actually converted him over to our side a little bit. Say, Hey, just check me out. And and the guy's like, Oh yeah, I will. And you know, I I apologize and blah, blah, blah. And it was very nice. So um, yeah, it's all good. Uh, So yeah, we have a video out uh, skeptics versus bias. And uh, it's a short video, maybe six and a half minutes or so. Check it out. Bring, brings up some good points and something to do in the middle of the week. And uh, test out some new software I'm using, too. <coughs> um, so it's always fun to get new software and try it. Uh. So anyway, uh, I, I think we'll, we'll take off. And uh, Chris, you've already said your message. So, uh, you know, yeah. please like, share, subscribe. Hit that little notification bell. So you know when we're, we we cut a video or a post. So anyway, on behalf of me and Chris and Squatch D TV, we will all see you here next week, 9 p.m. Eastern, Sunday nights. I almost said Blog Talk Radio. 
Uh, that would be youtube.com forward slash Steve Coles, facebook.com steve.coles, twitter.com forward slash squatch DET. We'll catch you all here next week, folks. Peace out. Be safe. God bless. And most of all, keep on squatching. Folks, you've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Culls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. God bless. And keep on squatching.